Hi, welcome to the first special of Two Friends with Nothing in Common. My name's Andrew, and every seventh episode or so, Manuel gave me permission to focus on something I'm really excited and passionate about, which is Scooby-Doo. So this is the first Scooby-Doo special. And uh, joining me today is a special co-host, Paige, who is good friends with me and Manuela. And in this episode, we are going to do an analysis of a classic Scooby-Doo episode, analyze the voice of Daphne through the years, as well as having a What's New Scooby-Doo segment. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Paige, tell us how you know me and Manuela. Um, so I met you at Winter Conference in Denver about a year and a half ago, and we just kind of, like, were friends. We were in the same group and hung out that whole week and started being friends and stuff. Bonded. Bonded. <laughs> and then I met Manuela this summer when she was my only kind of friend in Springfield this summer, and we hung out every day. And then I was the second person to introduce you and Manuela, and so I believe that I'm the reason that they became best friends. <laughs> you still have an influential role in the friendship. Yes. And ergo the podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, so four questions for you. First, how were you first introduced to Scooby-Doo? So, we went camping all the time as kids, and we had this, like, VHS tape that had three episodes of Scooby-Doo and one episode of the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, my. And so, I always watched it all the way through, because you gotta get to the Powerpuff Girls. But there was three episodes, and it was, like, the Jeepers Creepers, um, and two other ones. But I really liked Jeepers Creepers, because I always just kept watching that one. That's I never a actually made it to the Powerpuff Girls. But I always watched that whenever I went camping, which was like every weekend as a kid. Nice. Um, so what's the first episode? Well, I guess the first episode would be Jeepers, It's the Creeper. Yeah. Nice. Knocked out that creeper. question right there. Um, what's your favorite TV incarnation of Scooby-Doo? I do love What's New Scooby-Doo. That's my favorite. That's a pretty instrumental one in the series. Yes. So, or in the franchise, I should say. And your least favorite... Pup named Scooby-Doo. Uh-uh. I wasn't a fan. So why aren't you a fan? It was just too, like, they tried to make a weird spinoff, and it just never worked. It was always weird, and there was, like, why... Like, you watched it in the middle of the day when you're homesick from school, usually. <laughs> true. I, very true. <laughs> I was always just, like, very concerned of, like, why are these children so much smaller? I'm, like, almost the same height as my mother. I'm like, why... What, where are your parents? Why aren't you in school? This doesn't make any sense. It was... I was just not a fan. So, did you like that, or Baby Looney Tunes better? Um, I liked Baby Looney Tunes. But really? I'm still a huge Scooby-Doo fan. I just didn't like that one series. Hmm. Gotcha. Well, um, I'll, I won't criticize you for that. This definitely wasn't on the higher end of the TV series. So our next segment is going to be analyzing a, an episode of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Episode 202, Mystery Mask Mix-Up. And so let's just get right into the segment. Alright, so uh, I'll just give a brief synopsis of the episode. Mystery Inc. is in China. They're watching a parade. Somewhere along the line, Daphne buys a gold mask at a curio shop. 
and then these two zombies in masks start chasing them, wanting the mask. Um, and then they're like, give us the mask, and Daphne's like, no, I bought this. And then, <laughs> classic Daphne. <laughs> um, and Daphne gets kidnapped after a long car chase scene, and they discover that she's at this temple, and so then they split up and try and find her. And, um, oh yeah, the two zombies are working for this guy named Zentuo. Um, did I leave anything important out for uh, a brief? I don't think so. You okay. Um, so let's dive right into it. Um, tell me your thoughts, like, at the beginning of the episode, like, as it opens up. Um, I think the opening scene was really good. It was just classic opening of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, obviously. Because it was very, like, had the beginning scene of, like, okay, this is, like, what's basically gonna happen, and then it kind of plays out, and you have the beginning where, like, Velma's making sarcastic comments, and, like, so is Shaggy. Like, my favorite quote in the beginning is definitely when Shaggy goes, um... When he... Daphne! Oh, <laughs> Daphne buys the masks to scare off all the men! Oh, yes, that was great. <laughs> she got really mad. Um, <laughs> it, it was funny, because, like, you know, like, in these classic episodes, they, like, don't have as much, like, room to, like, do extra movements or have, like, the extra, like, side humor. So, like... Uh, in the crowd when Shaggy and Scooby are, like, falling over because, like, one of them lost their balance, they're, like, making a huge scene, and the people in the background are just, like, motionless. They're just, like, staring <laughs> forward. <laughs> it's, like, um, <laughs> very interesting. Um, but, yeah, I, Daphne in this episode just, like, being, like, with the mask, like, she's, like, so attached to it for some reason. Yeah. Like, when they're, like, greeted on the street by the two zombies, and they're, like, give us the mask. And she's like, no, this is mine. I, I thought that was a little, a little strange. I, I don't know. I would never be that attached to something... That you just bought? Yeah, that I just bought. Like, maybe if it's like, okay, maybe I just bought a TV, I'd be like, no. <laughs> but, like, it was like a mask. Like, maybe you can go buy another one. It just kind of... I don't know. It was um, interesting. There were a few... Uh, Maybe culturally insensitive things intermixed yeah. in the episode. <laughs> Good old uh, 1970 uh, <laughs> cartoon. Uh, the first thing that I noticed was the the Chinese laundry in yeah. China. <laughs> They're like, "Where's Scooby going? He's going to the Chinese laundry." And like on the window, like it's painted in like kind of like Chinese slash English style font. Chinese laundry. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, is it not allowed to just be laundry in there? Yeah. Well, first of all, it would just be laundry, because uh, they're in China, they just call it laundry. And then also is like, I guess like kind of a, a stab at like Chinese immigrants maybe like in America working. Yeah, that. I thought that so, too, I guess. Um Mm, not the best taste, but that that wasn't the worst worst one. I no. think that. Do you want to? <laughs> no, you up? got it. Okay. Well, you know how Shaggy and Scooby usually they do a bit and they like pretend to be uh, like a telephone <laughs> operator or a waiter. So they pretend to be two waiters at a Chinese restaurant, and so they started talking with like a Chinese English accent or like I don't know really how you say just um is. It was it was offensive. It was yes, it was very good. offensive. Um, and then they the way they drew them like in parts of the segment, it was kind of like they were trying to make them look like uh, 
a different ethnicity. It was kind of weird. Uh, so I noticed that. Interesting. Yeah, so if they were to, like, do the cartoon today, that segment would definitely not be in it. No. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting. So I was just, like, looking this up the other day. Johnny Quest, which is another Hanna-Barbera cartoon, mm-hmm. when they released, like, the classic episodes, they actually, like, edited some stuff out. Because, because it was, like, it was, it, it was, was offensive. offensive. Yeah. Oh. So I thought it was interesting that they did that to uh, Johnny Quest, but not Scooby-Doo. I think also it was, like, more blatant with, like, the words they used, though. It wasn't just kind of, like, we have a bit here. Actually, they were both bits. They were both, oh, like, really? supposed to, Or, I mean, the in this episode. Yeah, they were both They were both bits. bits but in Johnny Quest, it was, like, they actually said things that were, like, offensive. Okay. So I guess that's why. So, leeway, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll give you a break. Um, let's see here. Uh, my favorite quote was when Daphne said, I didn't know zombies could drive cars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was so funny. <laughs> no. I think mine had to be in the beginning when Shaggy goes, um, Daphne, Daphne buys the mask to scare off her boyfriends. I think that's just hilarious. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, want to jump into the glitch tracker segment? Yeah. Okay. So there was one part in the glitch that Scooby had two tails and it was actually during a chase scene that he had two like wagging tails and it was when the zombies were pulling the rug and oh, they, like, yes. weren't running. Oh, mm, But they were, like, staying in place. They are like, why aren't we moving? And they were, like, pulling the rug to try to get them to come back, but they were running. Uh, also, I, I should explain, uh, when I say glitch tracker, we're going to, like, talk briefly about how since this is animation from 1970, uh, there's a lot more errors in it than you would have in What's New Scooby-Doo, which mm-hmm. was uh, fairly modern. Um, so there's a lot of good gems in there. Yeah. The one I liked was where uh, Scooby was, like, Oh yeah, during at the end of the car chase scene, the all, all right. I'm just gonna go back like a whole bunch here. So, the mystery machine was in China. How is the mystery machine in China? Can we have a boat? Do you they think always... they took a ship all the way over from like California to, or, you know how long that would take? I don't know. Do you think the mystery machine has to go wherever the mystery gang is? There was an episode of What's New Scooby Doo where like they. At the beginning of the episode, they showed them, like, getting off a boat and, like, this huge crane, like, picking it up off, the mystery machine up off the ship and dropping it on the land. Yeah. So at least, like, they kind of set, like, a explanation. I think it was, like, the Tokyo episode of What's Your oh, Scooby-Doo. Oh, probably. Maybe. Where they actually started explaining stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another benefit to modern cartoons. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, anyways, so somehow the mystery machine was there. But the end of the car chase scene, they crashed into a huge fishing net at, like, some fisherman's wharf. And uh, Scooby was, like, trying to find Shaggy in the fish. And he's, like, as his arm is, like, pulling out fish, every time he pulls his arm up, it turns green. So it's, like, <laughs> he's, like, allergic to fish or something. It's, like, <laughs> um, any other notice- noticeable glitches? Um... Not really a glitch, but kind of like a mistake that they made was with the zombies, they never showed their hands or any sort of skin. Mm. They did a really good job of that until when Shaggy and Scooby had their little restaurant (laughs) and they like tied the tablecloth around both the zombies' necks and then Uh they had the the food in between it and it showed both of the 
zombies and they're like human hands on the table mm. and it and I was like ha ha and they weren't decomposed hands no they were actual human they weren't zombie hands you had human hands what do you know um the only other worthwhile uh error was when they had finally caught the ghosts and Scooby doing the blanket like hanging from the tree mystery ink is like looking down from a window and at the very beginning of the clip Daphne doesn't have eyes Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't, I see, didn't even know. I actually that. watched this episode twice and I didn't notice it the first time around. Um, but yeah, it's interesting stuff. Dang. Yeah. Um, all right, back to the episode analysis just in general. Yes. Um, I think it was kind of troubling that, like, some, like, everyone's, like, trapped in the, like, pile of fish after the car chase scene. And, like, they're focused on Scooby trying to dig Shaggy out. And it's, like, at least a minute and a half go by before they're, like, wait, where's Daphne? And, like, they turn and look, and she's in the back of the... the Shaggy called them the scare pair. The, the scare pair's limousine. And she's, like, tied up and gagged. And it's, like, how did you not, like, notice her, like, get, like, pulled out of the van or out of the pile of fish? And, like, I don't know. It's, wait, what are you guys doing? I don't know. I can't... I don't know. I'm not the most observant person, so I could never say that, like... If I was a cartoon, like, I wouldn't be the most observant person. I'd be the one of, like, oh, wait, Daphne came? <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, we'll close off this segment here. I will just conclude with the statement, do you think Velma just, like, figures everything out and then Fred pretends like he knows where she's going with things? Because she always, like, does the explanation of stuff. Then he's like, all right, yes, that that's true. And then he, like, throws in, like, something, like, not very relevant but kind of relevant. Like, he wasn't actually the one that pieced all the information together. No. Well, I think that he comes up, comes up, comes up with, like, the bits and pieces, and Velma puts it, like, all together. Like, she's kind of, like... The brains the, behind the operation. Yeah, she puts the glue it all together. Because, <laughs> like, I think, like, Daphne comes up with stuff every once in a while with episodes, and, like, Freddie comes up with a bunch, and Shaggy comes up with little bits here and there. But, like, Velma's always the one that'll kind of, like, put it all together. Gotcha. Very keen observation. All right, so MVP and liability of Mystery Inc. in this episode. Who is the most valuable player? Um, I have to divide it differently than you probably want me to. Okay, but well, no, that's I think fine. Do it. MVP is Shaggy and Scooby because they weren't locked in a room for like <laughs> a quarter of the episode. Because <laughs> Freddie and Daphne and Velma were straight up just locked in a room and they're like, I guess Shaggy and Scooby have to find us. And they were just like sitting there. I was like, no, you don't win. <laughs> um, and so Fred, Daphne, and Velma were the liability. Yes. Um, all right, so I would say the MVP was Scooby because he's the one that found the clue that led them to the temple where Daphne was uh, being held hostage at. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he helped them catch the ghosts at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. And the liability uh, is Daphne. Yes, 100%. <laughs> they would not be in that mess if Daphne would just been like, oh, okay, and like throw the mask at them on the sidewalk at the beginning of the episode. Like, they confronted them twice, and she was like, I bought this mask, and you can't have it. It's like, ugh. And then she gets kidnapped, and she's the reason they have to go to the Haunted Temple in the first place. And then she's the reason that Fred and Velma get locked in that room. Like, I, Daphne's great. Together, I love girl. Daphne, but she was the liability in this episode. Um, all right, so our next segment is going to be analyzing the voice of Daphne over the years, and uh, she's she's had quite a few voice actresses uh, 
four for like major roles. Um, Velma's a gold mine. She's had like six or seven. I feel I was like say seven. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so Scooby Doo, where are you? Season one. Uh, Indira Stefaniana Christopherson. She only she was the original voice actress for Daphne, but she only did it for one season. Alright, so do you... How do you feel about that? I, I don't know. It was very early Daphne, and it wasn't like Daphne, though. It uh -huh. wasn't my favorite one. Gotcha. Yeah, I I like it, but like that's not like what I think of Daphne when like I someone like, refers to her like from the original series. Mm -hmm. uh, next, we have Heather North Kenny, who voiced Daphne from the second season up until... Checking my notes here. Uh, 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo in 1985. Yeah. And then she came back for the Johnny Bravo special, Bravo Dooby-Doo, <laughs> in 1997. That was a great episode, by the way. <laughs> uh, all right, Heather North Kenny. That was right, Freddy. This creepy old barn is no fun in the dark. All right, that's my, my favorite classic Daphne. I was going to say, that's mine, too. That's very just classic Daphne. Yeah. The, so... Heather North Kenny's great. I'm glad that she was able to voice Daphne for so long. Um, next, we have Mary Kay Bergman, who voiced Daphne for the first three uh, direct two Scooby-Doo movies where it was uh, Real Monsters. Mm -hmm. um, here we go. And that's how we solved the case of the Moat Monster, one of our most frightening mysteries. Least favorite. Really? Yeah. I think it's more of like they tried to mature her, and it just kind of like... Mm -hmm. Fell from expectation, but it was still, like, decent. I thought it was decent. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's, like, kind of high pitch, but not, like, as smooth as, like, the very first Daphne. Because the very first Daphne, her voice was, like, very flowy. It's yeah. Like, kind of weird. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Um, all right, next, Grey Delisle. She's the best. Um, so she took over in Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase. Um, and then she voiced Daphne in What's New Scooby-Doo and still voices her today. Our first clue came when we were on the moon level. The phantom virus shouted, play ball! What do you think of her? I gave That's my second favorite. Okay. No, I still think, like, the classic Daphne is my favorite. Mm -hmm. I, I think I would have to go with classic Daphne, too. But, like, like in regards to Velma, like, she's had so many highs and lows. And, like, I don't like the lady who voices Velma right now. So I guess I'm just, like, really happy that Daphne has a good voice actress yeah. right now. <laughs> um, so we can... Should we go through them all one more time, back to back, so that you can hear yeah, it? Yeah, you can or... kind of hear the differences. Okay, yeah, let's do that then. Wow! I wonder how I get out of this creepy intersect. Well, my intuition tells me that way. That was Indira. This one's Heather Norton Kenny. This one's Mary Kay Bergman. And that's how we solved the case of the moat monster, one of our most frightening mysteries. And Grey Delisle. Maybe. <laughs> our first clue came when we were on the moon level. The phantom virus shouted, play ball! All right. And that brings us to our next segment, which 
page is going to introduce in a second. Okay, so in What's New Scooby-Doo, there's a lot of, obviously there's Mr. Incorporated, but there's a few recurring characters that just come up every once in a while episodes, and we narrowed it down to kind of the top eight, I believe, and kind of, we're going to like make a bracket and say which one's the best recurring character. <laughs> so there's The Secret Six, um, JJ Moto, Hakimoto. Yeah, Hakimoto. Hakimoto, Elliot Blender. Yes. Melbourne O'Reilly, Professor Laszlo Oswald, Mr. B, Gibby Norton, and Nancy Chang. Do do do. All right, so top left corner we have the Secret Six Puppies versus JJ Hakimoto. JJ Hakimoto. Okay, I have to agree. He, so, background of him, he was the director in 3D Destruction, which was the dinosaur episode, and then the Vampire Strikes Back, which is. Uh, where the Hex Girls guest starred. Yeah. Also, uh, special shout out to them. Not shout out. Uh, honorable oh. mention. Yes. Honorable mention to the Hex Girls because they appear throughout the Scooby-Doo franchise and they, they're kind of like a higher level than these guys because these guys are only on this series. But yeah. Still no, significant. They're great characters. I totally support them. <laughs> All right. Um, and the Secret Six Puppies, I just feel like they're supposed to be in there to make it like kind of cute, but yeah. it's, it JJ Hakimoto really just me. has some really good like one-liners in there <laughs> that you're just like, what? He's <laughs> just like prime ammo for Velma to like make a sassy comment. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, uh, bottom left corner we have Elliot Blender and Melbourne O'Reilly. Elliot Blender. I picked the same thing. Elliot. Yeah, and then Fred has like the tagline: "Better next time." What was it? Better luck next time, Elliot, because yeah. he's always against Velma and like the science competitions, and Velma always beats him. Yes. Um, and Melbourne O'Reilly was like that adventurer guy who was like, uh, I think Fred like liked him a lot because yeah, he, like, Fred really just likes to think that he's very adventurous, <laughs> and he's just not quite Melbourne O'Reilly's level. And Melbourne O'Reilly almost is like does like that stupid stuff you watch on America's Funniest Home Videos <laughs> kind of level. Yeah. All right, uh, you got the next two. Um, Professor Laszlo Oswald and Mr. B. Who'd you choose? Uh, Professor Oswald. Why do we have the same? Probably because we have good taste. Probably. <laughs> no, um, I loved him in High Tech House of Horrors. I thought that was one of the best episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's. I don't really like his personality, but like, just he's in. Like, I liked him in East Scream because that was the one where Velma was like transferred into like an alternate reality and she didn't realize it yeah um so like he's in really interesting episodes i guess is why i like him yeah i think he just adds like a good care like another layer to the story mm -hmm. just because like with both of those like there was he has a lot to do with like technology and stuff and so he adds a lot of like like technology going wrong technology mm -hmm. like working in different dimensions yeah. and like stuff like that and then it, that like, I really like adds that extra dimension of Velma that like she has but like we don't always get to see it because they're restrained to like ghosts flying in on wires and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> um also Mr. B, he's like the owner of the Secret Six Puppies and he's just like a really boring character. Like they don't they don't convey him as boring, but just like there's nothing like very interesting about him. Yeah. I, I never really liked him. 
Um, bottom right corner, we have Gibby Norton and Nancy Chang, the reporter. Nancy Chang is always has some really good one-liners, but Gibby Norton literally nails it every time. <laughs> He's such an oddball character that you always just like need to make a show, and he nails it. Yeah, he's just like his obsession with Velma and like his quirkiness. I don't and, know. No, he. Um, Simple Plan and the Invisible Madman was probably like he probably made that episode just because he was so obsessed with Velma and the fact that like. Velma was trying to save Simple Plan from getting on tour again and, like, all this stuff. And Gibby uh-huh. was like, I just love Velma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, and he appeared in the series, like, three times. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Elliot. Or Gibby. Not Elliot. My bad. <laughs> um, all right. So, final four. We have J.J. Hakimoto, Elliot Blender, Professor Latslow, and Gibby Norton. J.J. and Elliot face off. JJ Akimoto all the way. I picked JJ also. <laughs> we did well, not share this beforehand. Let me just say that. All right, because JJ's like funny and like he's like you said he has like perfect one liners. Yes. And Elliot like while he's a significant significant character on the series, he's just like he's not funny. No. He's just kind of there and adds to the plot. Yes. Um. All right, you got the next two. Um. Oswald versus Gibby Norton. Gibby. I same thing. <laughs> uh, no, Gibby yeah, Norton, man. I mean, Gibby just has so much more personality compared to Oswald. Yeah, you know, I like that Oswald brings that another layer of technology into it. But Gibby's like obsession. He adds technology to it also, though. Yeah, I guess I get he because he had the reversing car, you know, in the the worm race episode. Yeah, and that's true. I guess I just don't put him in that category in my head. I put him more of like. He's obsessed with Velma. <laughs> <laughs> Was it like they went to high school together or something like that? I think so. Mm. I don't. I'm not 100 percent on that. I have to look it up. I I'll have to check Scoobypedia. I've never used Scoobypedia before. Like I've I've like used a lot of Scooby Doo fan sites, but last night I was using it to like double check the last names of these characters. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's where I'm gonna go after this. I'm gonna check. <laughs> We're gonna double check on that. Yeah, yeah. Um. So did I say? Yeah, we picked Gibby. And then all right. Is the purpose of this to pick our favorite or most significant character? I think favorite. Favorite? Because mine's J.J. Hakimoto. I tell you all the time that I think I'm exactly <laughs> like J.J. Hakimoto. <laughs> um, Alright, so if if it's favorite, I'll say J.J. Hakimoto also. I uh, just love that ponytail, those sunglasses <laughs> indoors, you know. Super hyped up about his next film coming out. But if it's most significant, it have to be Gibby because he appeared more frequently, and when he was around, he just, like, I don't know, he was, like, very important to the plot. Yes. Um, and he ended up being, like, the the guy behind the mask at least once, I think. I think twice. More than... Because yeah. he was Simple Plan, and then... I almost thought he was in the uh, Go West Young Scoop yeah, episode, too. Yeah, I think he was, too. too. But... It was Simple Plan because he was the invisible guy. Okay. And then he was Go West Young Scoob. So okay, yeah. yeah, he's been the villain. Yeah, so he's he's important. He's most, yeah, he is most important, but Very JJ Hakimoto, man. Uh, rip Nancy Chang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she actually is in like three episodes and we just yeah. cut her out right No, away. I have right here, uh, No Creature Likes No Creature, Riva Ross Regis, and then Russell Maniacs, non-speaking. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't speak in that one. And I thought that was weird. I remember asking my mom, I was like, why doesn't she speak anymore? Ooh, she's mute. 
<laughs> off camera side story the next scooby-doo tv series it's like the nancy chang story and it's like <laughs> all the events that happen they should do that they should it's make like, side stories for all of these they characters. should i'm gonna write warner brothers all right so our last segment we are gonna have a rant jar yeah so instead of doing the quote jar we're just gonna like pick out pieces of paper and uh have a topic or whatever topic we pick out is going to be something we're going to rant about. So, Paige, you pick yours. Oops, come on. Okay, mine's bad drivers. Go for it. Okay, so I'm from Iowa, in case anyone does not know that. Um, and in Iowa, you can get a license at 14. I was driving at 14. Unbelievable. So I've, been dri- I've had a license for six years. And so I like to think that I'm a decent driver. <laughs> but other people just, like, cut people off on the freeway and all this stuff. And I literally, like, watch accidents happen. And I'm always just like, you could have prevented this if you just thought. Or, like, people, like, the other day, I literally watched this car just, like, it was red. And she was stopped. And all of a sudden, like, no lights changed. And she just, like, went. And I was like, there was cars going. And I literally just watched her, like, T-bone someone. And I was what are you doing, lady? No one was hurt. Were you a witness? Did you stop and uh, talk I, to Like, them? 12 people got out, and I was uh, like, okay, and everyone's fine. And I kind of, like, double-checked that everyone was, like, medically okay. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go on my way. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough here. Oh, my goodness. But, no. Bad drivers, I'm not a fan. They make me very angry. And I usually kind of, like, tap on my spe- steering wheel very hard and just like, come on, come on, come on. Very relatable. Very relatable. Um, mine? Okay. Third season of the Scooby-Doo show. Warner Brothers, for some reason, brands it as the third season of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? This makes me so mad. They re- People list it as, like, the revival season of the show. So, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? The two seasons, the second season ended in 1970, and then this supposed third season uh, was just in the fall, like, portion of 1978. So it was eight years later. There were two Scooby-Doo television series in between that time frame. There's a different voice actress for Velma. There's no chase scene music anymore. It's it's a completely different series. And when it originally aired, it aired as the Scooby-Doo show. It was the third season of the Scooby-Doo show. I was watching that today. <laughs> and the Scooby-Doo show is great, but it's not Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? There's a distinct difference, and Warner Brothers needs to get their act together. That's my rant. Yeah, you <laughs> spot on. Uh, also, wait, real fast. The Jetsons, the for the first season of their show, it was in the early 1960s, and then there were two more seasons in the 80s, and those were revival seasons. But that's understandable because there were no other Jetsons television series. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, Scooby-Doo got a whole franchise. You can't just, like, start making stuff up. I'm really done now, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right then, I'm telling you. All right. Close us out. Two Friends with Nothing in Common is produced by Manuela Lenz and Andrew Minky. Special thanks to this week's guest co-host, Paige Brokammer. Two Friends with Nothing in Common is recorded in the Ozarks.